Sports Radio combined with Harness Racing New South Wales brings you On The Pace for your daily dose of news and tips. Good morning, welcome back and welcome to On The Pace with Michael Gear and your host for the next half an hour or so. Hope you're holding together well during this tricky lockdown time. We'll try and get you entertained for the next half an hour or so talking all things harness racing, particularly from a New South Wales point of view. There was plenty of New South Wales success over the Queensland Carnival that finished on Saturday night at Albion Park. One man who tasted that was Ricky Elchin. He joins us now. Good morning, Ricky. How are you, Mick? Mate, I'm really well, buddy. Probably not as well as you because you won a Group 1 on Saturday night with your old mate, Tough Monarch, came from the second line to win the Queensland Trotters Cup. You must just love the old fella. I certainly do. He's been a bloody good old horse for me, and he was good again on Saturday night, and I think that was his fourth group one now. So, yeah, it was really, really good. But he came from a second-line draw. That negated the fact that he could use his usual gate speed and get up there and, and outstay them. But Anthony Butt summed it up beautifully, didn't he? He's probably driving in career-best form, and he was still able to control the race and keep his opposition where he wanted them. Yeah, that's right. He, he drove him so good. Um, I, I was pretty confident going into the race, but it's always, you know, tricky when you've got a barrier draw like that. And Pink Galaz, you know, she's in great form too. And the way I read the race, I just thought Pink Galaz would end up in front of him at the start. But um, as it turned out, um, Anthony sort of punched through a little bit and we ended up two spots in front of her. And when that happened and... He got up outside Majestic Simon. Well, yeah, he was able to control the race and was just too good. But he's won 28 races now, has Tough Monarch. He's getting close to half a million dollars in stakes. What's the key to him? Is he just a very sound horse rookie? Is he a horse who loves his work? Is, is he a good eater? Because he just seems to turn up and give his best week in, week out. Yeah, look, he, he's a great old horse. He's got a great constitution. Um, I definitely wouldn't say he's been the soundest horse his whole career. Um, early days, he, he was far from sound, actually. But uh, he had a bit of a bone density issue early on. And the vets always said, you know, as he gets older and his bones, um, you know, harden up and, and things like that, this horse should become sounder. And, you know, not not always a vet's right, but they, they were 100% right on this one. And he has got sounder and he's... You know, he loves working. He, he's um, Yeah, he's just a great old horse. And he's got, you know, a never-say-die attitude, and, and that's the way he races. Ricky, heaps of people out there would, would have horses who do have soundness issues. And as you said, he's got better as he's gotten older. But when you had those concerns early, do you think, oh, well, this horse isn't going to be around for too long. We're going to lose him if he's unsound. Because you don't expect these things to improve with age, and, and wear and tear. No, that's exactly right. Um, at one point there, uh, we were told we'd probably only get a couple more runs out of him, and that was probably four years ago. Um, it's more so, you know, um, credit to the owners for, for being patient. You know, we turned him out um, and gave him some good spells early days, um, which has helped with that. And, you know, when you know, he was a p- tricky horse to pinpoint all his soundness issues early because he was sort of you know, all over the shop. So we were quarters owning and things like that. And that's all cost worthy. So, um, you know, a lot of owners, when they, when there's costs going on and their horses, you know, early days sort of, you know, weren't earning all that much money, but they, they've stuck it out and they listened to, 
listen to me, and yeah, it's been really good. All right, mate, he's, he's coming home from Queensland with another Group 1. Um, I know the big aim for many people in New South Wales is going to be an inter-dominion based at home. I believe the trotting final is going to be $150,000. Is, is that your big aim for 2021 with Tough Monarch? Yeah, we've got no immediate um, plans with him for the near future. But, yeah, at the end of the year, the, uh, the inter-dominion is his main art, main target. Um you know, it's there at Menangle, and he loves that track. So, yeah, that, that's his, his main issue, uh, his main um, goal going forward. With a horse like him, Ricky, do you, do you let him tell you when he is going to be ready to retire? I'm not saying it'll be any time soon, because clearly he won a Group 1 only about 40 hours ago. But is it a case where, as long as he's happy and he's out there doing his thing, he's better off in training than standing around in a paddock? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, um, we'll just let him tell us when, when he's ready. I mean, you know, he, he's probably going as well as ever now, so I, I can't see it, um, you know, being in the near future, touch wood, that, you know, he sounds, stays sound and healthy, and, yeah, then, you know, um, he's going to be a hard horse to replace one day, but, yeah, the, the, there's going to come a point in his career where we'll have to make a call, I'm sure, but, yeah, for the, the time being, I can't see it um, happening anytime soon. Mate, you also had uh, a lot of seconds with a very good horse up there called Captain Crusader. American dealer seems to have gone to the next level, but you were very brave behind him at the Queensland Derby on Saturday night. Just a case where had you drawn a bit closer, do you think maybe you could have snuck the Derby? Yeah, he's been bloody ultra consistent, that little cult. Um, <clears throat> yeah, just once again, a bad draw and... American dealer ended up there. Don't get me wrong, his run was phenomenal, American dealer. He worked hard through the middle. But, yeah, our bloke was closing in late again, and he went down narrowly. I think he's been placed in his last nine starts now with the, most of them being at the top level. So, yeah, he, you know, hopefully one day he, he'll um, manage to, to grab a big one. He deserves it. So. Mate, it's a tricky time with the three-year-olds because, obviously, we've had some derbies at the start of the year and other derbies like the Victoria Derby aren't too well late in the year. What do you do with the horse like him? How do you manage to give him some time off yet still give him the chance to maximise his earnings? Yeah, it is. Like you said, it's um, you know just a bit of management here now for the next six months with him. As you know, even at the end of their three-year-old career, so he's got Breeders' Challenge back in New South Wales, then uh, it'll roll into Breeders' Crown down in Melbourne, and then you know if he takes the next step, which I'm hoping he does next year, well, you've got the Chariots of Fire on the general in February, so. He's not going to get a chance to have that that long of break, which you know um, I'd like to give him one, but we'll just see see how he goes through the Breeders' Challenge and whether we elect to miss Breeders' Crown or not. We'll make that decision um, as the time gets closer. But yeah, just you know, keep him ticking ticking over and you know not over racing here for the next six months, and hopefully we can develop him into a nice four year old. Mate, you had What's Up Sunshine in the same race. Um, he was only okay. Something obviously didn't seem to be entirely right with him because he dropped out. So what was the story there? Yeah, I was actually quite disappointed in him. Um, <laughs> same thing. There's never been a lot between those two horses. But um, he seemed to pull up okay after the race. Just, um, yeah, well, he's going out to the paddock now. He'll have a bit of a rest because something clearly was amiss there on Saturday night. So, yeah, he'll have a short break. Mate, we're back to... Menangle tomorrow. Um, you have two horses in the second on the card there at 12.52. Indefensible and Inherent Royale. 
Um, which one of those two do you prefer to run? Because in here at Royale is obviously going to be the shorter one on the market and looks a horse with at least a bit of a future. Yeah, um, Inera Royal's got, got her fair share of ability, but she's also got her fair share of tricks too. She's a sort of a temperamental little filly, um, whereas the other horse is a pretty genuine little trotter. He, he seems to have good manners and, and tries his little ticker out. Um, so, yeah, when it comes to, to them two, um, they've both got similar ability, but his manners are definitely a lot better than hers. So um, they both run good races, providing... They both trot the whole way, but yeah, hopefully she turns up and doesn't carry on too much at the start. Mate, you've got Lady Allegra. Uh, only had the one start on the third on the card. Is that a horse worth following after a few more starts? Because it looks a, a tricky enough race tomorrow. Yeah, definitely. Her run, although um, I think she might have ran eighth or ninth last <laughs> week, but she was back in the field against the older horses, and um, her own section was, I think she, she clocked home in 56 the last half and 27 the last quarter, um, some of the quickest sections of the race, so she, she actually is going okay, that little filly, and yeah, definitely one to follow. Mate, where do we find you at the moment? Are you still in Queensland, or have you returned to New South Wales? Um, you'll probably find me on the beach this afternoon. Um, no, I'm oh. still in Queensland, and I've just got to make a decision in the, the next couple of weeks um, what I do. I mean, the, the horses are still racing good up here, and I don't really want to you know, rush back to a lockdown, but yeah, I'm going to have to go home at, at some point. Um, so yeah, we'll make a call in the next couple of weeks. From a horse trainer's point of view, obviously you're not there, you're in Queensland, but how difficult has it been to train horses under the, the New South Wales lockdown situation? I mean, the horses are based at Menangle, so I think everybody's in the same boat there. Have the staff told you it's been okay? Uh, yeah, look, I'm fortunate enough to have a, a very good guy behind me called Ricky Hunt. Um, I, I wouldn't be able to do this without him and the other staff at home. They... Um, you know they they've been all been with me for a while now, and they they know the system. And Rick does a great job down there. Um, I mean, lockdown wise with racing, we, we've been very lucky and fortunate that we've been able to keep racing. So our lives probably haven't changed all that much. Probably just more the social side of it. But um, yeah, you know, good staff's the key to be able to do this, and and I'm fortunate to have it. Well, mate, we're uh, we're thrilled to see Tuck Monarch win the other night. He's just one of those wonderful horses that everybody. Would love to have one like him, Ricky. Well done with him. Well done with. Well, it was a frustrating Derby series for you, but you still ended up with the horses come out the other side, uh, looking like one of the better three-year-olds in Australia. So, mate, thanks for joining us this morning on Sky Sport Radio, and uh, you yeah, enjoy the beach and being able to walk around and enjoy your freedoms, Ricky. No worries. Thanks, Mick. Ricky Elchin, you could be a little bit jealous of him. He's a New South Wales man through and through, but he's up in Queensland at the moment winning Group 1 races and, as you just heard, heading to the beach and cafes and all those other things which some of us can't do at the moment. We're going to catch up with Nathan Purden very shortly. He trained Amazing Dream. Group 1 winner. And that's Brad Hewitt. He had a very successful Saturday night too, but it could have been even better. Brad, thanks for taking the time to talk to us, mate. Are you also sticking around in Queensland for a while where there's a few more liberties at the moment? Uh, no, I mean, so going home tomorrow, got um, yeah, the wife and kids are both back home, so get home and be back on father duty. Mate, you better do the right thing. Um, we just mentioned... Amazing dream winning the Blacks of Fake Queensland Championship for 250000 You were driving Rock and Marty um, for David, and, man, it was a massive performance to storm home. You, you must feel proud of the horse, Brad, but also a little bit 
a case of what if had you been able to get a bit closer. Yeah, that's right, Nick. Yeah, obviously, yeah, so happy with how good he went both weeks. Like even last week, yeah, half a stride past the line, and he's in front. Yeah, with with both runs, which is a bit yeah hard to cop. It could have been real good just if yeah, had a little bit more luck around the 500 metres there. Both weeks, he he easily could have won. But yeah, just super proud of how how good he's gone since he's been up here. Brad, we know he was fantastic at Menangle before heading to Queensland. Were you surprised he could beat, for example, King of Swing, who obviously had an off night, but he still beat him home and almost beat him last week, and, and you went past Copy That, who had a significantly easier run than you. So did that surprise you the last two weeks, how well he went? Yeah, well, the, the first start he had up here, he ran third, and he went really good that night, but he just didn't settle in at all well. After that few days he was here, sort of wasn't eating and yeah, the things weren't right. But ever since then, he's just been right on top of everything. And um, yeah, I couldn't be happier with how he was working in that up here. But he's always been a good horse. Like he, he beat Lockenbarrard as a three-year-old in the Breeders' Challenge. And then he sort of, yeah, didn't come back as good. His next prep, just a few little things weren't working out. And then this time in, he's just, yeah, back to yeah, going how good we know he can. Mate, there's an Inter-Dominion coming up starting in late November based around New South Wales. Is he the right type of horse for that series? Yeah, well, that's, this is his first trip away. Like, he's never had the chance to take him away anywhere. And yeah, this has been his first trip away. And like, I've found with a lot of the horses over the years, they can really come on from a, a trip or two away. So just being in their own backyard and that, we'll yeah, definitely be aiming at it. You also had Send It, who you train yourself, winning a good race there the other night. A beautiful drive too, mate, so well done there. You managed to cut the corners at the right time. He also seems to be a horse who's going from strength to strength. We know how good he was in the regional championship series, and he's also having a trip away, so you could have two very nice horses to potentially aim at the inter Yeah, that's, it could be just a, a season too early for... It, but yeah, we'll sort of nominate him for a race like that. He just loves that hard day in race and like anything over a trip. He's just so so strong. Like I any mean, cups racing that he's been in, he's he's just so strong. I was hoping he could get into the Blacks of Fate just because them sort of races really suit him. And yeah, there's just not many of them around. They they seem to suit him a lot more than the mile racing. But um, yeah, I'll sort of both go for a bit of a a break now and come back and, yeah, we'll aim for them races around that time. Brad, who's long-term the better of these two horses? Because Sendit's won a Group 1 about five starts ago. Rock and Marty almost won the big Group 1 on Saturday night. Yeah, they're, they're sort of different horses, Nick. Like Marty, he's a, a real high-speed, sort of brilliant horse, and the other little fellow, he's just, yeah, a, a really good stay-up, but um, like they both, yeah, love to have both of them, but yeah, Marty's probably suited more to the Menangle style racing just because he's got such high speed and yeah, he's a bit more brilliant than the other fella. But yeah, I'd love having both of them around. Mate, the carnival in Queensland looked outstanding on television. The, the depth of racing there was very strong. How was it as a horseman? Was it a carnival which? surprised you with the quality of what you saw on the track and it, it basically looked pretty well organised too yeah no they've done a really good good job up here like, 
I've been parking the um, Brisbane Racing Club and everything, done a, a great job promoting everything and uh, had a, a golf day there last week and putting things on for all the trainers and everything. And they, they run it really well, but it yeah, just made it hard with all the money on offer up here. Everyone wanted to come and be a part of it. So the racing's really hard, but yeah, so that's what everyone wants. All right, Brad, what's, what's a winner or a horse for our listeners to follow? As you know, everybody in New South Wales needs a little reason to smile at the moment and a winning punt's always a good reason to smile. Have you got a horse you're driving or a horse you're going to be training in the next couple of weeks we should pencil in? Uh, I got uh, one in at Bathurst on Wednesday night. Bosch, he, he's a nice horse. He's sort of had a few little issues trying to iron him out, but he's been going really good. And yeah, other than that, I got another little three year old. He's dusty. Just, he'd be coming back into work this week, but he'll sort of be a month or six weeks away from yeah, being able to start again. But he's a nice little horse. Okay, just with Bosch, he's, he's drawn the second line in the, the country series final there on Wednesday night at Bathurst. Um, he, he comes likely to come into one on the second line, although there's been two scratches. He's two on the second line. Is that a concern over the 17.30, or do you think he'll get a nice enough run through? Yeah, no, it's a, sort of didn't really want to draw there anywhere. Bar there would have would have been nice, but yeah, just leave it up to, to Dad to yeah, try and get off at some stage and if they go hard enough he's got a really good finish on him got high speed so if he gets any sort of lucky he'll be hard to hold out Mate we appreciate your time um, part of me wishes you'd won the big one on Saturday night because you went so good rocking Marty but we're going to try and talk to Nathan Turden this morning too so we better not say that out too loud Brad. Uh, travel home safe mate be nice to see the wife and kids I hope things go well on that regard and yeah, congratulations to you and David on, on a great carnival, along with Gemma as well, of course, for the whole Hewitt family up there in Queensland. All right, thanks for having me. That's Brad Hewitt, who had things just been a little bit easier for Rock and Marty at the, well, down the back straight at Albion Park. We could have been talking about him winning the Group 1, which was won by Amazing Dream. The man who trains Amazing Dream is Nathan Purden. Nathan, congratulations, mate. Thanks for joining us for the second time in two weeks. Um, what a remarkable course to be basically handed a month ago. Yeah, g'day, Mac. Yeah, it's, uh, you're not wrong there. It's, um, yeah, it's everyone's dream, especially when you're starting out. Um, yeah, everyone dreams of getting a horse that, that good to join the, join the barn, and uh, I'm fortunate enough to get it very early on. Mate, for those listening to this who are in the galloping world, they're probably hearing Nathan Purdom, or he must be related to that Mark dude. You are your Mark's son. But that's never really guaranteed you played horses in the past. You've had to stand on your own, and you've been horses in the past, a hoka punter. You used to train with Crandall uh, Giddy Krug. You've sort of had to stand on your own two feet, Nathan. I haven't seen you probably get a lot of horses because of you. No, that's fair. Mac, um, I went out, uh, spent two years in Australia. I uh, went out to drive for um, probably five, six years ago now, and and then I went back to New Zealand, spent two years, three years with Cran, and um, and now um, I've come back. But um, no, it's, uh, I've, I've been fortunate as far as uh, as owners come coming on board when I made the move to Victoria. Um, Gordon Banks and, and Mark Hanover, they 
supported me a lot, and, and that's how the ownership come of uh, of Amazing Dream. They inquired if it, if she would be for sale, and um, and then they just threw an offer at Jean that, that she couldn't knock back, and uh, yeah, I was lucky enough to be in the right place at the right time. Okay, so you mentioned Gordon Banks and Mark Hanover, who are based in the US. They paid a large amount of money to buy Amazing Dream off Gene Feast when the horse had already won a bunch of Group 1s. How did she end up with you? Because they could have left her with Hayden Cullen in New Zealand. They could have sent her to any trainer in Australasia. She could have easily gone to Belinda McCarthy. How did two American guys end up sending a horse to a young trainer like yourself to train in Victoria? <laughs> yeah, it's a good question. I ask myself that quite often too. But um, Gordon, um, he, he sort of approached me uh, before I made the move and, and obviously heard that, uh, that I was coming over to Victoria and he, he didn't have a trainer here at the time and uh, he wanted to give me a bit of a go. So it all sort of escalated from there. I started with a few, a few babies of theirs and, um, and then uh, on came Amazing Dream. Okay, so you went to the Rising Sun two weeks ago and nobody had seen any form of gate speed from her. You made the SOS call to your dad. He was on holiday. He drove her, managed to get the trail. She wins the Rising Sun. Then you do the same thing with Blair Orange for the Blacks of Fake on Saturday night. She again is able to get off the gate and lead. Where, where did this gate speed come from? And, and have you been trying to train her to be quicker off the gate in some capacity, or, or can you just not do that? Well, you can to some extent. Like uh, over here, I, I find you've got to be a lot sharper. Um, you know, the, the gate doesn't roll as fast back in New Zealand, and um, whereas you know it is a lot faster here. So, to be on the pace here, um, you know, it's a big deal anywhere, but especially here and, and especially Albany Park, um, you know, gate speed's a wonderful thing. So, uh, uh, yeah, we. we trained her accordingly and, and sort of stepped the work up a, a little bit and, and done all different things. But, uh, you know, being being a million-dollar earner, um, you know, she's obviously a, a champion mare, so uh, that sort of come pretty natural to her. Okay, she's owned in the US, so they have the option to take her there. I presume she's not staked for the major races this season. So are we expecting her to stick around Australasia for the remainder of 2021, Nathan? Yes, I believe that's the, the case, Gordon and Mark are in no rush to, to get her over there. Um, as you say, she's not staked up. So, um, you know, there's a lot of money on offer here if she stays sound and healthy and, uh, and you know, she's she's got a lot of big races to target. There's the New Zealand Cup back in Christchurch for her, but do you think she's more likely to stay in Australia and potentially head to that inter-dominion in New South Wales? Yeah, well, we have talked a lot about the Inter-Dominions um, with, with Gordon and Mark, and I think it's a, a concept they really like too, and um, you know, I'd probably push more towards that, that race to oppose the New Zealand Cup. Uh, it's not obviously not as far away, and um, yeah, the money's just as good. So um, no, I think the series would really bring out the best in her too. There's been a lot of talk about the series in New South Wales taking harness racing at this level to the regions. It's going to head to Bathurst for the second round of heats and Newcastle for the third round of heats. Some people don't like that, Nathan. Do you think it's a big factor for a horse like her to be jumping in a transporter for two or three hours to head to the races twice in the same week? I don't think so, Mac. I mean, that 
they're the best horses for a reason. They've been there and done it, and, and they've done their um, transport around and done all, made all their foundation and, and grown up into into the horses they are. So I don't think it, it should be any factor. Um, well, I certainly wouldn't uh, wouldn't say it was a disadvantage anyway. She's never been to Menangle. It would seem a track beautifully suited to her because she, as good as she is, seems to be absolutely at her sharpest when she can be driven with cover off a hot speed, and that pretty much sums up Menangle. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, she probably doesn't really matter where you place her. She'll, uh, you know, she's proven she can get the job done. So, uh, yeah, I think, um, you know, being a big track, all horses love the big track. They, they corner around. It's not really a corner. It's uh, more of just a, a straight line run. But, uh, no, she'll love the track. Mate, you're also going to be getting American dealer who won the Queensland Derby. He's going to, I believe, head to New South Wales and potentially have a spell then, maybe after a short stint there, head down to the Breeders' Crown and the Victorian Derby for you. So that must be exciting because you're starting to get a proper race team around you with horses like those two and a good meal like Spellbound. Yeah, yeah, we're very lucky there, Mac. Um, obviously, with, with Gordon and Mark owning... Um, American dealer, uh, that's how that all come about. And uh, he talked about bringing him over here, you know, quite a while ago for those two races. And uh, since he's been in, in Australia, he's, he's really thrived on it and, and loving the racing. And Ray's done such a great job with him um, for the Queensland campaign. He's, he's racing super. So uh, no, it's uh, it'll be a great thrill to get him on board. Mate, with horses like Amazing Dream and American Dealer, um, Anthony Butt has been able to drive both of them at some stages in the last two weeks. Anthony's situation is changing. He is no longer going to be a private trainer for Emilio and Mary Rosati. Is that giving you the chance to, to try and work with him more for these major races and these big-name horses? Yeah, I think so. Um, obviously, um, Anthony had uh, to when I had him. Years ago, and uh, you know, it doesn't you don't get any better when you come to the bigger races than putting ants on. So, uh, yeah, he's uh, it probably frees him up a lot more, and uh, yeah, we're more than happy to put him on. All right, Nathan, you're back in Victoria. Um, I'm sure you've got other horses who aren't superstars in the team for our Sky Sport radio listeners in New South Wales, where things are a little bit dull at the moment. Have you got a horse for us to follow? Um, oh, I think your is. Uh, she'll do a pretty good job um, later on in the season. Now, what, what, what's her name again? Yuhura? Yeah, Yuhura. Nathan, congratulations. We appreciate the tip. Um, mate, what a great carnival you've had. and We're looking forward to seeing more of these good horses, but great to hear your views on the New South Wales and Dominions and how more than likely you'll be turning up north of the border with Amazing Dream. Thanks a lot, mate. Nathan Purden, son of Mark Purden, but making his own way in the harness racing world these days, he won the Blacks of Fake with Amazing Dream, and he's also going to take over the training of American Dealer, the Queensland Derby winner. Our thanks to him, our thanks to Brad Hewitt, who was superb at the carnival, along with the whole Hewitt family doing a good job, and of course to Ricky Elchin, who's old warrior, tough monarch is edging closer to half a million dollars in stakes. That's on the pace done for a Monday morning. Stay safe. Try and stay inside if you can. We're hoping for good things for everybody there in New South Wales. We're thinking of you. We'll take a short break and then some more winners coming up here on your radio racing show.